I'm Jim Antonopoulos. I'm Damien Carolla. This is Fearless Conversations. It's Friday afternoon, the sun's shining, the sky's blue, and the week's come to an end. My day's going okay. It's just crammed full of stuff. You know, I've just been really flat out, like um, just back to back. Yeah. But I'm glad it's the end of the day. Yeah, right. And you've, you've really, I've noticed you've really had a their workload on in terms of delivering some and the finalization of some projects and reports i just delivered the end of uh six months of consultation my team and i put together a brand and culture strategy for a large ngo based in australia and new zealand and um I feel really proud of it. Coming to an end of six months worth of work and it, and it all ends really positively is actually really quite fulfilling. But um, especially when you believe in the work as well, it's, it's quite impactful. They do some really amazing work in the family violence sector, but also in the financial literacy space as well. And uh, yeah, it's really good, really good work. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how about you? How's the week going? Uh, yeah, just... Um learning the uh, modalities of online conversation, online mentoring, online strategy, sort of client strategy sessions, all that kind of stuff. So it's a bit of a mix of it's – all, it's all sort of uncharted territory, I think. It's quite yeah. it's quite interesting and it's probably a little bit topical for what we're going to talk about today that you suggested around the sort of topic of, of managing and dealing with change. But uh, I found in myself um, following what a lot of people are following at the moment is that sort of series of – uh, emotional states based on how much Google, Zoom, Microsoft Teams chats you're having during the day and just learning how to make, how do you actually give back a little bit and give yeah. back a little bit of love and, and fill your, your, your sort of, you know, fill your cup up after you've had so much online work. These really are uncharted waters at the moment for everyone, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree. It's, are you finding it difficult with like just navigating the strategy building via via distance or is it the the lack of human connection or what is it that you're finding hard you know it's the it's the tech it's when the tech the wi-fi uh for instance isn't working as well as it could be and we've got eight hours of this delay um and then I'm finding it a real challenge. I'm actually finding it a quite a, an interesting challenge myself. How do I relax into this and how do I not get too attached to whether the tech works or not? I often have to do some live streams into Europe and, and other areas. And if I'm maybe 10 minutes before I start, for some reason, the tech's not working well. Yeah, wow. How do we actually be okay with that without yeah. getting agitated and frustrated? Because uh, that's not a healthy state to be in on a consistent basis. So I'm, I'm finding it a really unique, um, almost a science experiment to say, well, am I going to let go of this or am I going to get upset about it? Because getting upset about it is going to become pretty meaningless if I have yeah. to do this on a consistent basis. Yeah, so so very true. Yeah, I was going to say you deal with a lot of um, – you do a lot of work internationally, so you're kind of dealing with that all the time. Like how – they must be quite taxing – Jim, it is, and um, it's it's taxing if you're not giving back. Yeah. So I, I'll give I, you know. Uh, got up this morning, and I know um, we had a, uh, you and I were going to have a conversation, and yeah. and, you know, and then I was um, I had a, a full sort of half day of work that I had to drive through, and I then had to go out and visit my mum, and I kind of just said to myself, "I'm just going to take two hours to go out for a hike, and the welcome way. I'll pick it up over the weekend." 
Yeah. Um, and that's my giving back quiet time, breathing out in the rainforest. And for other people, it might be something completely different. I know you've got all your your runs and your drawing, but um, just, I mean, if I'm not giving back uh, within this current environment, yeah. man, I'm, I'm just going to run out of juice and that doesn't actually work for anyone. I know. I hear. I completely hear. I'm um, just really finding um, mindful time. You know, we talk, I was talking to my friend Nancy this morning about it and how important it is to have not a side, it's not a side project, but just there's something, a task or uh, something that you can do where you can just shut off the world, switch everything off and that not meet a deadline, not meet a budget, just do something for the sake of doing it um, and focus on it uh, mindfully and you know, how important those tasks are. You know, oh, they're, they're key. Um, the mindful task could be, and I, you know, can hear about more about what what you're doing lately to switch the brain out of that analytical work mode. Um, yeah. The mindful task could be just the simple art of. I think we, you and I, often talk about the simple art of of sitting in the sunshine with a football, uh, uh, you know, with your family, with your dog. Um, leaving the iPhone behind and just how important this is becoming in this environment. And it sounds it sounds like kind of like a whatever, yeah, I get it, whatever, but it's, it's actually a lot more important than that. Like what are we doing to switch off our brains for 30 seconds because we're not doing that. Um, man, we're going we're gonna to end up in the whirlpool. And, and we talk about it and we talk about all this stuff and it kind of gets lost out in the ether and then people are kind of get, they get grumpy, they get, they, they get this adrenal fatigue. And so my question becomes, we kind of know what to do, but that's not the problem. The problem is, what do we value the most? What do we really, really value? Do you value peace of mind or do you value the treadmill? And that's the sort of yeah. question I've got to ask myself because I get caught out when I forget to, to, to be really honest about what I value. Because if I just value the treadmill, I'm going to get the treadmill. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Lately, what I'm doing is I'm sleeping. That's, <laughs> um, I'm not doing much, to be honest. Um, because, you know, my mindful task in the past has been, yeah, my practice of, you know, I get up without an alarm at quarter to five in the morning and I go through my routine and I walk or drive to the gym and I'm there at quarter to six and, and I'm doing some training there uh, four times a week. That's, for me, mindfulness. I really enjoy that practice. I really love that. And the absence of, you know, with gyms closing during the pandemic has been really difficult, uh, you know, especially to, having to recalibrate the rhythm of your week or the rhythm of your day to suit whenever, you know, a Zoom workout's on or whenever a park workout's happening. It's really difficult. So just being consistent, a consistent state of change. Yeah. So, you know, and also in the past, yeah, for me, uh, reading has always been a really, or writing has always been a really w nice way of just switching the, the, that sort of, is it the lizard brain or the, the, or the rest of the world off, you know, um, or drawing has been a real passion of mine throughout my life. And yeah, the last, you know, I haven't been able to do any of that at all. And I think, that's sort of really playing on my mind as well. Even going out for a walk, you know, going out for a run or a trek somewhere would be um, a gift right now. So I really value um, those mindful moments, those mindful tasks. They do, they reset you. Yeah, this is a, and, and, and it's great to hear about the little things you do, Jim, and it's probably a great, uh, might even be a good segue into this topic that you 
you um, you suggest that we might have a chat about, which is this topic called change. Did you want to tell me a little bit about that and sort of how that maybe came? I was interested. Um, I was interested in us talking about how how you deal with change, uh, how we perceive it, uh, whether it's necessary, how, how people might avoid it. Some people are, I've met people in my career who are completely afraid of change. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, and change happens in different ways. So we have to define what we mean. But I'm interested in really exploring the topic, you know. And what I mean by change happening in different ways, we're experiencing global change uh, and a global shift at the moment with the pandemic and the um, the Black Lives Matter uh, conversation really being magnified um, um, of, re- of recent times as well. You know, those are different types of change, but very, you know, um, important types of change and conversations that needs to be had. But change also happens in, you know, in, in our day-to-day. Like I know that some people in my career have been really, um, have really struggled with the level of change inside um, clients' businesses um, or even in our business because we're quite an innovative business. We're constantly evolving. Some people can't handle that evolution. Um, so that's a level of change that you need to really um, come to terms with because in innovative companies you're um you've got to be you've got to get a grip on it don't you you've got to get a grip on uh change because it's 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 a constant it's always there it's always going to be there it's always um it's always going to be a constant dynamic whether you're a a change management professional or, or you're the dude up the road um how we learn to become a little bit more comfortable with that ongoing dynamic world that's outside of our control. It's probably a lifelong journey, I reckon. You, you, you mentioned, um, you know, people that get scared of change. You know, I, I reckon I, I reckon we would even expand that and I would say that probably for the most of us, uh, we've got a real internal resistance to our own uh, changing uh, world, whether we kind of admit it or not. I, I know myself, I, I'm a bit of a, I used to think I'm really open and malleable and agile, but when I dig deep amongst the layers, I find that internally I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> right. Whereas yeah. well, outwardly, I might, you know, um, I may have this egoic notion that I'm amazing at becoming malleable and agile, but I remember a colleague when we used to work at the Grand Prix and back in the day and, and he'd say, mate, you've got to stop finessing. And, and I used to over finesse reports and, and board reports and things of that nature because I had to get it perfect. I had to get it right and I had to be in control of all the big dynamics and variables. But the reality is I've got I've got very little control over what happens within a boardroom. I've got very little control of what happens out in the world. It's it's a fallacy. So how do I how do we come to terms with the fact that guess what? What what happens externally to us We've, we've got almost zero control. We've got influence and we can impact, but we can't really control. Yeah, so true. So true. Do you think do you think people's fear of change is about losing control? It's about just being losing control of the normal? I think people's fear of change is that um, they have to deal with something they may not want to see here. Um, they want to they may they have to deal with and come to terms with something they may not like and they're resisting because it shows it shows stuff up. What kind of stuff does it show up? It shows stuff that you need to fix. Personal. Personal. Yeah, it's always. There's always a lesson in it. 
when yeah. you're in an external changing environment, there's, there's always a voice saying, oh, it's about time that you confront this or you deal with this lack of um, strategic planning or you deal with the fact that um, you've got a lot of past belief systems that you haven't really come to terms with. One of the things that we always come across quite often is um, there's a, 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 a close correlation between validation, approval and control. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, does that make sense? You know, they yeah. kind of work hand in hand. And, and if I've got a high level of validation and a high need to justify and approve of what happens in my world, then I'm always trying to assert control over that. And therefore, I'm always coming from that fear and scarcity angle. Now, in a dynamic environment, that doesn't work. Yeah. I've got to be agile. I've got to be doing things which I might piss people off. I yeah. can't worry about what people think of me. I've just got to. I've just got to worry about my impact and having creating a positive impact or, or or moving this ship forward. I can't worry about what people what their opinions of me are. I don't have that time in a dynamic environment. So that change says if I've got problems about um, having difficult conversations or confronting people, well, that that dynamic environment is going to bring that up. So I'm resisting it. So I'm going to. Have, I'm going to have to now. Going to have to deal with it. Does that does that kind of make sense? Oh. Of course, of course. What kind of so validation, approval, and control? So, people, if I got it, if I understand it correctly, people seeking validation from external sources, seeking other people's approval, maybe even their own approval of themselves, sort of high bar, setting a high bar, and then also losing control. Is that what you mean by that? Like that? Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all in the mix, and there's some of these belief systems. And I, I love the fact that you just hit upon something really great, Jim. And you know, I'd love you to give me your lens on it, but um, it's not about whether you approve of me, it's whether I approve of myself. Yeah, yeah. It's about whether I accept myself and in a dynamic environment, if I'm getting tested, let's say a COVID situation, a business situation, I'm running out of cash, all of a sudden it's the it's the view that I have of my own world that's going to provoke the most amount of angst in a changing dynamic environment. But see yeah. that see that environment brings it up, see how yeah. that creates the lens, and that for me is uncomfortable. It is, yeah, it is. It's all in our heads. Totally. Or, or you know, it's, it's in our heads and often it's in our body because you can feel it. And, you know, we, we're, I'm writing a piece for a group at the moment called The Edge and it's it's uh, we're going through a growth and development project at the moment, but the only way we can get a, a group of professionals or executives to move forward is to take them to The Edge. And well, the, edge is where you, the Edge is where you feel uncomfortable and you feel like you might kind of stuff this up or you're going to get this wrong. That's, yeah. that's change. Yeah. Dealing yeah. with change. Does that, does that make sense? And I can't expand unless I go to the edge. Yeah. Define that. What does that look like for someone? So someone uh, who might be listening to this podcast, like what does it look like for them, you know, who what does the edge look like? The only way, the only way I'm going to get, get over my fear of presenting uh, to a board or in front of a big group of people is to get involved and have a go. And that's going to provoke internal angst. I'm going to have this narrative going on in my head because I stuffed up this public talk three or four years ago. I don't want to get back on the horse, but the only way for me to walk down that uh, through that shadow side is for me to get up and put myself in a difficult, awkward, or uncomfortable situation. And that uh, that edge is going to feel like angst in my gut, tension in my neck, whatever the physiological response is. But that's me trying to push through my own change journey. Does that? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, it reminds me of a quote of my, one of my favourite authors, Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, yes, yes. He, um, 
said, I want to stand as close to the edge as I can without going over. Out of the edge, you see all kinds of things you can't see from the centre. Love it, Jim. And, and, and you, 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 um, I read that many years ago and it's kind of stuck in my head. And you reminded me that he used to always, quite a few people talk about the edge, but he spoke about how do we get comfortable yeah. with the edge. And the other one is within a changing environment, how do I get comfortable with no ground? I got no ground and I'm trying to grapple onto certainty and ground. I just need to know something. I'm like, well, dude, in a changing environment, there is no ground. Yeah. You, you've got to give that up. You've got to give up this fallacy that I've got something to hang on to because I actually don't. I've got zero to hang on to. What I'm going to hang on to, um, trying to clearly define how I think the next quarter is going to play out. Yeah. 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 So how, do we, how do we teach ourselves? How do, how, do, how, do, how, do, how do you and I encourage each other? to learn how to get a bit more comfortable in that groundless state. How the, how the hell are we going to predict what's going to go on this uh, on the um, on the next economic forecast? What do you yeah. think is going to happen in the first quarter? It's ludicrous to think we can predict that. I know you've got mm-hmm. economists and theorists that are throwing some darts around, but we're trying to predict something that can't be predicted. So the role of you and I as the change agent is how comfortable can we be with no ground? It's a constantly moving, constantly mo- in constant motion. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hang on to anything because the more I try and hang on, what do you think is going to happen to my adrenal response? It's going to go through the roof. Yeah, of course, of course. So just be comfortable in be, in moving in, in constant motion, constantly moving forward. As long as we're moving forward, that's for sure. Yeah, as long as we're moving, as long as yeah, you you know that's a great. It, you've just reminded me that momentum piece is so critical. So long as we're moving. And we're not putting ourselves at direct risk. Yeah. I don't think there's too much more you can do. You move, correct, learn, adapt. Move, yeah. correct, learn, adapt. It's like a cycle, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's something that I know you've often spoken of in your strategy masterclass that um, yeah. really gives people the hack tools as to how to move through those processes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, moving, correcting, learning, and adapting. Um, so many people are, are afraid to. Um, yeah, I guess take those and and take those sort of really simple tools and and apply them. I guess because um, it's comfortable being in the in the normal, isn't it? It's comfortable without change. It is comfortable without change and, until it becomes painful. Yeah, existing, isn't it? And yeah. I've how do we learn this stuff? Yeah. I can't teach this. You can't teach strategy masterclass, and I can't teach what I teach unless I've been through the um, the fire pit. Yeah, because I'm, I'm talking to you about the, the the stuff that I don't get right. You're talking to me about the, the all the corrections you've had to do to arrive. You're talking to me about the apprenticeship that you've had to do. Yeah, to arrive at this place. Um, yeah. so there's there's no other way to to get through becoming a better change agent or, or um, a better strategist than doing your apprenticeship and getting it wrong. And, yeah. and are we okay with that, or, or do we condemn ourselves when we we stuff up? Yeah. One of the things that I really, uh, one of the key principles that I have in my business is that, and this sounds really obvious, but you know, the job we're doing today has to be better than the, the one we did yesterday. Right. So that means that, you know, we, we, we don't use templates, you know, we have a base idea of what you know, we're the foundation of what we're going to build on. But um, every engagement we have with a client solves a slightly different problem to the last one we solved. So using the same solution is sometimes, or the same framework is really not the right way to approach it. So what we find is that every job we're doing, we're actually improving. Yeah. 
we're constantly improving because we're going through the motion of moving, correcting, learning and adapting every time we are engaged to do a piece of work. So every piece of work we do is better than the one that previous. And I, we absolutely all agree on this in our business that um, it's we blow the last piece of work out of the park. Now, some people feel really uncomfortable around that because um, every it, it's not a McDonald's factory. You know, McDonald's, the burgers are all the same. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some people feel comfortable in the hamburger being all the same every time they eat it, you know, and feel really uncomfortable when there's motion underneath, when the floor isn't as steady, when they have to adapt and change and um, and correct the trajectory. Um, but, yeah, one of, my, one of the principles we have in our business is um, certainly to blow the last job out of the water. And, um, and that means the, new, the next job is going to look completely different because it's going to improve, but it's also going to shift because the, the, the organisation that's engaging us is different to the one that engaged us in the past. And it's also going to adapt because of that and move us into a very different uh, realm or a very different sphere of operating. And I've seen us, um, I've seen us really mature around that. I've seen us have uh, myself, Karina, Vanessa and Marita really, just really mature around that, make very small, minor decisions, minor daily decisions, not huge things here, but we're making them every single day over a period of six months and they, are, they have massive outcomes towards the end, positive outcomes at the end. Um, and that's, a, I think, a real sense of understanding self and also being very comfortable in continually having the ground shift underneath you and adapting accordingly. Yeah, I love that, Jim. And, you know, you and I got to do a, a really cool piece of work recently. And what I loved and observed about something you do really well is you're okay with not knowing yeah. You're okay with staying present and staying in the mud until we get to where we feel we need to, and you're okay with not having to jump forward too quickly to get to that point. Mm. Uh, it takes a bit of – it takes cultivating a lot of internal fortitude, courage, wisdom, conviction, and being okay with not knowing. Now, most people in the Western world, in the professional world, that's not okay because they're meant to be the expert. They're meant to they're meant to jump to a solution based outcome without having to done the without having done the apprenticeship, without having done the work. Yeah, and that's where the real magic happens in that present mind because you can't create templates for every conceivable um, outcome. But what no. you can do is be really mindfully aware that we're not going anywhere until we hack through this, and this is going to get really messy. You might get a little bit pissed off. I'm going to get a bit frustrated. Um, you're going to go a little bit sideways, but we kind of have to stay here. Yeah, that's, that's right. absolutely right. Um, you know, I think, you know, you and I received a piece of feedback saying that the um, outcome that we delivered was really great and it was hard fought. Yeah, yeah, and that's great, but how good is now, that? It has to be a slog. It has to be a fight, especially when you're dealing with big, important questions. Yeah, Jim, and, you know, what, I, what I've observed about you is, is, is you do take a position as well. You're not afraid to have conviction in what you believe in and your principles. So there's that mix of present empathy and compassion, but at some point you do still take a position on what you believe uh, in is, is the right thing, not for yourself, but for the client and the, and the scenario. And that's really important. 
I think you have to. Yeah, I think you certainly have to. And sometimes you have to be reminded. Um, you know, I think um, Karina reminded me recently that um, about this job that I was referring to that we just wrapped up six months worth of research. She, it was this, again, this is really obvious. She reminded us, she said, you know, guys, we've done six months worth of research. We've earned the right to have an opinion. Yes. Yes. I think it's really important. I, it's really obvious, right? Yeah. Um, we've done six months worth of research. I think we've earned the right to have an opinion on things and they don't have to agree on it. And that's perfectly fine. Um, Jim, the work of the change agent isn't the, necessarily the McKinsey Change Management Specialist or someone from Boston Consulting that's been contracted, the work of the change agent is you and I. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everyone's work. It's everyone, um, if they really want to become a better leader or a better parent or listener, they've got, to, they've got to kind of work through their own discomfort around any progression that you want to do in your world. Uh, it's going to get uncomfortable. You're not going to know. There's not going to be any ground. And if you don't want to do that work, you stay on the treadmill or stay in your little corner. And, and I think for most people probably don't want to do that. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah, absolutely right. People would fear that because I think, you know, the opposite of that is people feeling very comfortable in what they know, feeling comfortable in, in arenas that are very comfortable for them and that, that are very familiar, um, talking to people and dealing with people that, again, are safe and familiar, that won't challenge or provoke them. Um, and that, I think, is, yeah, or I guess just reinforcing that fear of change, all of that. Don't you agree? Yeah, and, and they're the ones that I have the most amount of compassion for because they're the ones I know are suffering big time inside. They've got yeah. so many layers of armour that you've got to get through, whether you're, you're doing a mentoring or, or a high-performance program, whatever you want to call it, um, they're laid with so much armour because behind it there's so much so much angst, trauma or whatever's going on for them. They, don't, they find it really hard to look inside. So what they tend to do is they tend to abdicate the responsibility to others. They tend to blame other people, the community, the environment, the business, yeah. this group of people, um, you know, this side of pol- whatever it might be. Um, what we tend to do is we, it, it's really easy to, to throw darts at other people, but it's a lot harder to look at how I'm complicit in this process. What's my role um, throughout? And that's not an easy thing to do because I know I've, I've struggled with that many times. Yeah. I agree. So have I. Um, so have I. I've had the the rug pulled from underneath me often, you know, and stood there in shock and in fear. I think we all have, but that's all part of the learning, isn't it? Yeah, it's all part of the learning. And, and one, one thing that I, I often encourage people to do is so important is if I want to become a better change, a change agent in my world, whatever that looks like, it's going to be really hard for me to do that and until I'm willing to let go of these self-critical, judging personalities that I bring along with me, yeah, these self-judging, critical beliefs around if I stuff something up, then I become, I've, the world's really difficult. I'm trying to manage a COVID situation. I'm trying to keep a business under a sustainability pathway. Yeah. I get something wrong and then I'm going to hit myself over the head. That's really silly. That doesn't, that yeah, that's really doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, that's really tough. Bashing, bashing ourselves over the head because we get things wrong, it just reinforces that fear, I think. Yeah, you know, I believe so. Yeah, It just reinforces that fear completely, right? What would you say to someone who 
is coming to grips with a huge change in their career. So a lot of people have, um, in this instance, have you know a lot of business owners really struggling in this in this uh, arena, this area, uh, this time I should say in the year. Um, we're not even post pandemic. I wouldn't even say that. We're still in it. What would you say to someone who's either been stood down, um, sh- still in shock around the change they're facing, um, turn, you know, turning around and looking at the weekend and thinking, shit, Monday morning's going to be really tough um, because they've, you know, they've lost their job or they're a business owner who, you know, they're running out of runway um, and they just can't see beyond the next, the end of the financial year, which is fast approaching. What do you think, what would you say would be the first thing to get comfortable in understanding or coming to grips with that change that they're experiencing that's just sort of snuck up behind them and tap them on the shoulder and then give them the right hook? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic question and it's a really, really, um, it's really pertinent to what we're experiencing at the moment. It's probably just pertinent in life, to be honest, in general. There's a couple of things and, and the first thing that I always um would recommend or consider is that I've got to find out where I am at personally right now in amongst this whole world. Now, what do I, let's just park what's going on with the business. Let's go, let's park what's going on with my professional career. I've got a, I've got some influence over that. I can't control the outcome, but what I've got ultimate bearing on is reconnecting to what's going on for me internally. Yeah, what's what's coming up for me right now around my belief systems and what are those belief systems telling me? So the, the belief systems could be this is too hard, it's not fair, I can't believe this is happening. Um, they're often fear, scarcity-driven uh, belief systems or thought streams that will come up to the surface. So the first place I start is let's start here with you. Where are you right now? What are you experiencing? Because I can't run away from that. But what we do, we don't do that. We, we kind of avoid feeling that. You're really good, Jim. You're great at being vulnerable and completely connected to what's going on for you right now in this moment. That's the only way through a difficult yeah. scenario. Once you start to get that uh, reconnection to where you're at right now, then you can start to connect to what, what it could look like on the other end. But you can't walk through this pathway in any other way than walking through where you're at right now. What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? What are my greatest fears? What's my anxiety? I'm going to put it all down on the table. And once I start to purge and work through that, then I can slowly start to see what the compass forward could look like. Yeah, of course. You get perspective, don't you? Yeah, and, and then, then I can – but I can't, I can't really determine what that compass is going to look like until I connect to where I am right now, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, of what's yeah. coming up for me right now. And once I do that, it takes a bit of courage, takes a good friend, takes some guidance, but to be honest, it probably just takes a lot of quiet time in your own mud. Yeah, of course. You've got to really dive into it, can't, don't you? You can't, you can't run. You can't hide. It's the only thing you can control. You it's, can't hide and, and we, we, the human condition is for us to resist that state, that mm. state of internal angst. Uh, but the real way forward is is for me to find a bit of, uh, you know, loving, compassion, kindness, whatever you want to call it, to be able to sit through that state and work through what am I feeling, what am I experiencing, what are my greatest fears and, and what are some options to get me through this and then what's my compass start to look like. Yeah, of course. I think that's really great advice. Um, that's, I think that's really awesome advice. Um, that's been a really good discussion.
Yeah, thanks, Jim. And yeah, really, really great to connect, man. I think it's a, a really, really topical conversation, isn't it? I mean, yes. how, do we, how do we get better at this stuff? I'm, I'm still learning, and, and I'm sure you are too. Yeah, of course. And you know, we've we've talked a lot about this stuff in our March first video, uh, our monthly open dialogue sessions with the members, and you know, we've seen a lot of them. Even just in the the three months that we've been doing it, we've seen a lot of them start to really open up and even you and I, you know, we're students of this stuff as much as anyone. You see a lot of them kind of open up and really dive into that state that you were just describing, just really understanding that where am I right now? And I think the analogy that you just gave of it allows you to see the compass. It allows you to see those points on the compass of where you can go from there. That's really powerful because um I've certainly seen that in a lot of the team that we're we're working with in the in the March first membership. Yeah, th- and thanks for that reminder, Jim. You've, you know, we're, we're so blessed to have an amazing group of really smart people that can just drop their lives and they get through the armor, don't they? Yeah. They're getting through the facade, they're dropping the layers, and they really want to do the work. They're, yeah. they're kind of reminding us that this is leadership. They're actually showing us their complete vulnerabilities, they're exposing themselves, and they're dropping all these layers of armor because they just want to do the work. And I think that's, that's, it's, it's, it's so, yeah. we're so fortunate to be amongst a group of people like that. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel really grateful. It's been a really amazing, fearless conversation. So, Thanks. Yeah, really great to connect you. And, uh, mate, so happy Friday. Yes, it is. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thanks, Jim. Goodbye. Fearless is produced by Jim Antonopoulos and Damien Carolla. Your questions, your insights and your ideas will help us feed future episodes. Get in touch through all the usual channels.